Hello and welcome to The Double Life. I'm John Boozdar, and this week we visit Austin, Texas and sit down with Clarence James, a musician who's influenced by all kinds of eclectic artists such as Amy Winehouse and Erica Badu. We discuss his newest album and his personal and relatable approach to melodies and lyricism. Enjoy my conversation with one of Austin's brightest and up-and-coming musicians. Before we get into the interview, here's a song that learned my lesson off his newest album, Fucked Me Up. Enjoy. I wish that I could tell you something When you're asking why But you were yelling, you were cussing So I put on my disguise I'm turning everything to nothing I'm keeping everything inside Cause you ain't getting what you wanted It ain't no tears inside my eyes the area around um like time i was like 12 to 14 um i i'm coming out of columbus texas though it's a very small town mm. i like grew up there but moved out to the austin area i actually just moved into austin i'm like chilling in my my first like house in in, in atx um so that's exciting i like i used to just drive here all the time since like my home but not really my home mm. um but yeah, been here like since I was a teenager. Sure, pretty much. Is that when you started to yeah. get into music, or was that before? Were you into music from a young age? Was there like you know music playing in the household, and it was sort of just a part of your life? Or when you moved to Austin, uh, I, did I it actually, become? I have a, a uncle that was a musician. He was a hip hop performer. So that's like he, he always pushed me to do music after I like showed an interest towards it. Um, I. I used to like listen to a lot of classical music. To be honest, I, I like played only keyboard when I first started making music. Mm. And when I listened to like classical, I would like try to make up my own classical like keyboard music that'll probably like pop up on a, an album in the future. I got some classical jams that might go off yeah. uh, on like an experimental album or something. But um, yeah, when I when I first started music, music it was only like piano and stuff. My uncle kind of just pushed me to write lyrics and sing all my stuff and everything. Sure. Uh, so I, yeah, I started doing that when I was like in high school. But yeah, as far as like music in my early ages, it was just like me messing around on my keyboard and piano when I had one. Sure. Did he, uh, yeah. did he want you to get into like rap and hip hop and stuff? Was that something that was sort of like pushed and you're like, I mean, that's cool, but I'd rather do something else. Uh, yeah, he just liked whatever I like put my voice on. Like when I uh, first got my my MacBook and I like started producing and stuff, he was just like, yeah, like push it with like just because I started like with melody and stuff. I was never really like a lyric driven like mm-hmm. um, artist, and I would just like have arguments with about him or um, with him about like whether or not like the lyrics really matter. <clears throat> lyrics really matter that much in a song. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they they obviously do, but. Uh, I would always just like talk about how the, whatever, like the, what, what's it called? The um, cadence uh, or like how you carry your voice on a song definitely matters more. It, and yeah, he would just push me to be more lyrical. I guess that that's like where the, the hip hop aspect would come in. Sure. Um, but yeah, he kind of just vibe with it, whatever I was like <laughs> throwing my vocals on. Yeah. That's cool though, man. I mean, I, you know, you're growing up in a, supportive atmosphere you know you don't you're not growing up in a household where they're like you know don't do music man that's stupid you know go to college and be a doctor or something you know you were like encouraged to make music and stuff which is cool yeah i was really blessed because for that because when i was in school i was like heavy slacking and like when i was staying with my uncle and aunt at the time he was honestly like yo like you do this music shit like for real he's like if you want to drop out (laughs) you can do it but it was like my senior year he was like, yo, are you even going to do school? Like, if you're not doing it, 
don't do it and mm. like focus on what you actually do. So yeah, they were super, super supportive towards like everything I was doing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. When did it become something that I guess, I mean, you did finish high school. It sounds like you did it anyway because it's a senior yeah. year. So yeah. then after that, were you yeah. like, all right, now I can go, you know, full on and I guess what were the initial plans? Was it to like put out an EP or an album to get signed on a label? Like how did that look initially? Uh, I didn't even really like know. I wanted to go to, to college for like music business so I could try to market myself, but that never ended up happening. It was like just hard to get into college. Just mm. The application process annoyed the fuck out of me. Uh, so I just like kept doing... Um, I, I just kind of stuck to like always making music just 24 seven, like whenever I could, I would just be doing it. Like I just had the impression in my mind, like, okay, if I make something that sounds good enough, like people got to hear it. Like it's not just going to stay in the, in the dark if I'm putting out like consistency, you know, Uh, that was pretty much the plan. Like just keep, try to keep it as consistent as I can, especially when I started like releasing on like all the streaming services. I was like, yeah, I got to like make, uh, just 10 out of 10 stuff in my eyes mm. make sure I'm whatever people are hearing they'll like want to share you know sure so what was the like the I guess process was Ronson Princess the first like single that you made or was there uh, there was like a bunch of like kind of shitty songs on SoundCloud that I was releasing like throughout like my junior and senior year mm. uh, Ronson Princess was like um like just a a single that was just thrown in there with all those that I was putting out at a constant, like around like December, 2018. Uh, and I, I did have like a little EP on SoundCloud. I took like a lot of the songs off because I like just listen back to my music. I'm like, ah, I'm just, just corny. Um, but I like released like an EP called Pink Love. And that was, it was kind of like bedroom poppy sounding, a lot of slow kind of um, more underproduced music it was like back when i first started like making music um but uh, yeah i kind of just i kept all that on soundcloud and um focused on just kind of releasing some singles when i first started releasing like like actually um and yeah when ronson princess started blowing up shout out to Haley fam she like uh, there's like a youtuber that through my um my music on one of her outros or a couple of her outros mm. that like shot some of my, like shot a lot of my streams up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after that happened, I was like, Oh, got to keep I don't know. It just motivated me to release more on like all the streaming services and everything. Sure. Yeah. That is a trip. I mean, that song man definitely did super well. Like right now it has what, like 2.8 million you know, streams yeah, it's almost, or whatever. That's a trip. That's like amazing. Yeah, right? it, it, it trips me out because, like, I don't know. I'll forget about it for a while, and I look back at it, and I'm like, oh, it's still doing like like numbers. People, a lot of people send me like like DMs on how much like the song means to them and stuff. And I'm like, well, it touches my heart because it, that song was made at like a time where uh, it was just a lot of memories being made in my life, like uh, just hanging out with homies and like. I don't know. The song's about like a lighter that that a friend gave me, hmm. uh, like stuff like that. I, I know, it it uh, for a lot of people, I feel like it touches the same like spot in their heart that it, like my heart was feeling when I like made the song. So sure. like it's a trip hearing all their like responses and stuff. Yeah, really great. Is there? Yeah. Uh, I think I fe- I feel that way with a lot of your songs, if not most of them. I think it is something that is. Um, I don't know. It, it does feel very personal in the sense that you are giving like a personal account of something that happened in your life, but it's also very relatable. You know, like I feel like I can relate to a lot of that, whether it's heartbreak or, you know, one of the songs was like, you know, the song that plays in my head when I like fall in love or think of these people, you know, it's like that yeah. is like <laughs> stuff that I'm like, fuck, man, I thought of that. You know, it's like I felt that and I resonate with that big time. So for me, Thank I you. think it was something that, you know, it didn't really... I don't know. I, I don't necessarily relate with like everything in it as far as like what you're doing, different things like that. But as far as like the emotions and what you're feeling and what you're going through, I feel like that's super universal. And is that something that you sort of just wrote it? And then after people were like, oh, dude, that's dope. And you're like, oh, cool, man. Like, that's sick. That is super relatable. Or was it <laughs> yeah. something when you made it, you're like, 
what are people going to relate to as far as these emotions are concerned? Yeah, that's the thing about like like music and most music I listen to is like it feels like genuine like when the artists are singing them. And I've I've always wanted to be like one of those artists that like like for me most of the time music is like a coping mechanism. So that's like where all the like any heartbreak or like love songs will come from. It's just like a super genuine place. I'm like not gonna write about it ever if I'm not like going through it or feeling what I'm writing about. And if like I do feel like feel like I wasn't feeling what I was writing about, it probably won't enter the like music atmosphere but um but yeah it, it's all like it all comes from a place like genuine feeling and i feel like i don't know a lot of people like genuinely feel the same same way about a lot of things like when somebody is writing something personal like like artists that i love like amy winehouse or like a like todd the creator like erica badu every every single thing that like every single thing that i hear from them i feel like i can like really connect to because it feels so like emotional mm. from them mm-hmm. um like it, when i started like watching live performances i'd be like wow like i i can't imagine somebody like like janice joplin singing <laughs> singing how she does about something that like doesn't mean something to her mm. and like when i when i do write like write a lot of songs i think about like performing them live and how like genuine they'll feel like coming out of my mouth just to say to people so i don't know it, it, like it definitely like means a lot when uh, somebody tells me that they like relate to something that I was, I was feeling. Cause I don't know, like, like music is my, my coping mechanism. So just having a lot of people that feel the same way I do, like hit me up, like, wow, these songs really are helping me through a time that, um, that I'm going through or something. Mm. I'm like, well, I, I really, I feel good about like being genuine and like open. I like, yeah. yeah Always man. being open is the key. <laughs> sure. Has there been a sense of like, I don't know, vulnerability that almost feels like too much sometimes? Do you feel like you're, you know, like giving too much to people and it sometimes backfires and they're, you know, treated in a negative way and start like, you know, talking shit and stuff, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I I had this like online because I mean, the my last album was just all about like a single breakup, you know, Mm. I had this this online thing happen with like my my ex that like it hit me up about the breakup or like aired it out on social media about like me being being mean to her and everything and it, I don't know, it was weird for me because I I talked about being like very mean on a lot of the album like you know the whole make me better song was just about like me feeling 100% shitty for like being mean and regretting everything I said and stuff uh, and a lot of people I don't know I, I was confused about that when it was happening Cause I was like, well, people see like what she's saying that I said, which I like own up to saying like, and like hear this music mm. and like feel like we- weird about it or like feel a, a certain way about, about like the music or whatever. But I don't know that that comes back to being like 100% like genuine. Cause like everybody that listened, like has like sent me messages from the album. Just tell me how, you know, how it might be helping them or something or and that's, I don't know, anybody that did go through a situation like mine and was on the, the other side of it, I feel like would understand <laughs> completely uh, the emotions that I was coming from. Uh, but there has been definite, like definite times where I've, I've been like, um, weary about putting something on, um, a part of a song, like the end of a button all on the album version, mm. that part was just like, <laughs> uh, super sad. And I was like, I, I, I don't know if I should put like my rawest emotions on, on this song, which is why I didn't put it on the single version. Cause I was like, kind of feels too personal. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that like w- will listen to the album though. And I get the whole scope of it. I feel like deserves it though. But, um, yeah, it, it, it is strange sometimes talking about like personal events because uh, I don't know, they are personal, but I don't know. Th- my art has to be genuine anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just gonna always write about how I'm feeling. Mm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Does it? Uh, I guess when you're writing the songs initially, when you're going into it, does it come from a place of? I guess you had that one breakup that was, you know, really big and impactful in your life, and you wrote, you know, like essentially like an 
album about it, you know? Did yeah. it go into something where your next, you know, when you made your newest one, you know, Fucked Me Up, or that has, did you have a different mentality going into it, or was it something where you kind of thought, like, oh, um, I want to follow that same, like, trend of how I was doing things or was it just like, Oh, I'm going to scratch and start from the beginning and do something completely new and different and talk about a different emotion and time in my life. Um, but when it comes to like it, the music that I was making before fucked me up, it was kind of just like me charting my emotions as I was going through, like from front to back, like the, the whole album is like me getting over like what I was going through. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's pretty much how I go about like it, any of what I'm writing. Like, I, I can't really like think about what I'm writing as I'm writing it because it, it'll it'll start to get like hard. I, I, I feel like every time I start writing something and it gets hard to write about, I kind of stop mm. and like wait, wait for the inspiration to come back. Sure. Like wait for me to wait for me to feel what I was feeling again like especially with i mean I feel like it's really easy to write a heartbreak album anyway just because like those emotions are so like raw mm. in in your mind at that time like when i was going into writing fuck me up i just felt you know fucked up and then after actually after the fact i kind of listened to it i'm like wow it sounds really like <laughs> simpy and like i don't know i kind of feel weird for being that sad like at that time mm. you know right. um yeah, but it's like at the time of writing it, you know, you you feel so like genuinely sad. So uh, I, I mean, I'm happy I got it out though. Yeah, yeah. Do you um? I don't know. I guess when you write your songs and kind of have them structured and stuff like that, I'm assuming there's you know a decent amount of songs that don't make it onto the album or songs that you you know are you know you can write and produce and even like make the song and have the final product there and then when you listen to it you're like oh this doesn't quite fall in line with it do you have a bunch of tracks like that that you know didn't quite make the cut or is it something where you're not going to invest your time into producing everything if you don't know if it's going to go on there uh sometimes I'll, I'll keep stuff for like little snippets to throw like around in in albums and like in, in the future i like i definitely want to make more of like a collage type type sound like of just a bunch of different sounds <laughs> going into each other um but most of the stuff that didn't enter fuck me up i would just kind of like leave yeah i would like maybe record a guitar track think about like going to get a drummer to drum on it um and stuff like that and i don't know if if the melodies weren't like fitting for what i was trying to write uh over or like uh, if i just didn't think of because most of the songs on Fuck Me Up, I kind of just started, like, started the melody. And I would, like, instantly have, like, lyrics, like, on, like, the first lines. Like, I would think of something in my head, like, yo, I'm feeling this as I'm writing this melody. So that kind of goes. So it, it was, like, more of a felt, like, felt-out album. Mm. Um, so anything that didn't really, like, pop from the jump, I would kind of, like, leave in the scraps and maybe come back to later on when I have, like, more, like, thoughtful music in the future i guess sure has yeah. uh i guess you know have you acquired or not acquired is probably the wrong term but like have you like befriended a lot of people that you know are in the industry and stuff and has your i guess you know the people that you collaborate with or connect with and stuff like that has that been super you know cool has it been you know opening your eyes and have you met anyone that you like looked up to before you made music and now you know mm -hmm. they're giving you shout outs and stuff and uh, I haven't uh, met anybody that I, I was like super bumping before I started making music. I didn't. I met Fat Tony. He's dope as so, uh I, I hopped on a feature for him on uh, Omaha. I was like, "Yo, like that's tight." Uh, I, I'd seen him on like Vice and stuff. Yeah, and uh, Fat Tony's like cool. It was <laughs> up. I said he's cool. He's a really really dope rapper. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, like I, I had like never met like a like a rapper like that i got i had popped up at a studio in la and his energy is so like infectiously like kind like he just has like this really big big vibe i would say i don't know how to describe it mm. um but yeah he was really dope i met a lot of musicians just like uh like uh doing doing as we do uh, uh, a lot of people in austin i've met that uh 
that have kind of become some of my favorite musicians, <laughs> like uh, the, the Irons. I, I fuck with them a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I just like, I, I like meeting anybody that I know like re- respects music a lot. Mm. Um, anybody that can offer like good sounds to anything. I'm always interested in meeting. Yeah. But that's one of the main things that I'm like excited for. <laughs> if my career like keeps growing, like, I, I want to like meet some people that I'm like jamming on a daily basis. Like mm. if I could ever like do a song with Thundercat, or, like Flying Lotus or any people like that, that'd be dope as hell. Yeah. Like, Damn. <clears throat> yeah. That'd be super sick. Is this something where you want to, I don't know, continue to stay in Austin and kind of just progress the music scene over there? Or is this something where you feel like you need to move to Los Angeles or New York in order to, progress in your music uh the music scene out in austin is really cool because it's like all open arms and friendly but it's it's also super like diy like uh, most of the bands that i like i meet out here are just kind of like austin-based bands uh that just kind of do a bunch of shows in austin like uh, i remember when i first started performing in austin there was like just people that like are performing every like like four times a week and stuff and i, mm. I thought that was so dope but um but I don't know. When it comes to like growing my my brand, I guess I feel I could be smart to to move out because it, it, it's right now Austin's music scene doesn't seem too like corporate, I guess, or like big at, at all. Mm. So it's kind of I feel like hard to like grow to like a big size where like uh, I don't know to get your name out on like a big scale out here unless. I don't know, Gary Clark Jr. does it pretty well. <laughs> like, But he's like the only person I can really name off the top of my head that I feel like, you know, a lot of people know coming out of the ATX. Sure. So I feel like in the future, if my my brand kept growing, my management would probably want to move out to LA and stuff and get stuff popping, like with maybe maybe some deals, maybe say independent. I don't know how, how it goes right now, but, <laughs> but yeah. Cool, man. What about, uh, I guess, this year? I mean, you released an album this year. What was the, I guess, mindset going into that? Did you, you know, have this album ready and you're like, hey, you know, despite the fact that, you know, it's COVID and all that, I'm probably not going to be able to tour. You know, the world may blow up. I'm still going to put <laughs> it out there, you know? Is that sort of the mentality or was it like you didn't actually expect it to just everything go to shit? Yeah, I, I was... Um super hype when I first started like making the album to get it out because I was like, yo, I don't know. I, I really liked all the songs that I had made going into it. Uh, and I was super hyped to start touring with like just playing shows with all yeah. these songs off the album. Mm-hmm. And then like, as soon as I started wrapping it up, <laughs> COVID started and like, I, like South by got all fucked up and stuff. And that would have been like a super dope thing to yeah. promote my album around. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so after all of it started happening, I kind of just like, I was like, man, like, I don't know. Uh, like, breakup albums are easy to make anyways, and I kind of just felt like I, I, I could throw something out in the future that's, like, way, way, way better than this. Um, just, I, I don't want to, like, discredit breakup albums or anything. Like, they're, they're dope, and, like, a lot of genuine feelings went into it. But uh, when it came to, like, the mindset for it, after everything started going to shit, me and my team were just like, yeah, let's kind of just try to get this out just because it's something that like, I feel like my mind needed to get out um, and start working on the next one. The next one's, I don't know, I, I got to come from a more creative point of view because it's like it's just so easy to write a breakup album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you started the process of the new one already? Uh, yeah, I've been um, trying to think of, I don't, have you heard of Standing on the Corner at all? Is that no? Uh, is it what is it? It's they're like a New York based uh, band, like a hip hop, jazz uh, infused, like very sample heavy, like super super trippy. Um, Earl Sweatshirt featured them in his like last full length album. Oh, cool! But, okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they they released like a an album called Red Burns, and it like fucking flipped my brain, hmm. switched the way I, the way I thought about like making music and going about like my writing process. I was like, yo. This is some real shit. <laughs> like, how did they do I, that? But, huh? Like, how so? How is their thing so different than anything you've ever experienced before? Um, the, the topics that it delved into, um, yeah, 
the, but the way they produce their music and the, the things that they talked about, like, um, there's, there's like a poem in there called Tricknology that made me think about like the, the figure of the devil mm. in like a totally different way, shape or form. Like, a, I just never thought about the devil being something that's like inside of me that I have to deal with. And like, uh, you know, like going about, you know, the world on a daily basis with just this little, little demon inside my body, you know, mm. having to, you know, take away all my temptations from him and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it really made me think a lot. And I was like, next album that I have to make, I got to make somebody think a lot like the way this, this album made me think, you know? <laughs> uh, sure. But I feel like that's a lot of pressure though, a little bit, you know, that's, that's a certain amount of weight to an extent, or is it something that you treat as like motivation, you know? It's motivation definitely. Cause like, I feel like I do have like a lot to talk about that isn't just, you know, but like breakup type, type beat. Like mm -hmm. I, uh, I, the topic going into this next album was just going to be kind of similar to that, but, uh, but have it be just the, like the negativity that I, cause it's still, I have to make all my music personal because I just kind of don't know how to write a song about something I'm not feeling, but, um, it's just going to be about me, like overcoming my, my general like anxieties and try to find out where they're actually stemming from and like notice them when they're like, I don't know. It's like just honestly listening to that album has made me, it, I get a lot of inspiration from like a lot of artists anyways. So just listening to a lot of music like that kind of feeds my brain in that sort of direction. Like at the time I was making fuck me up, I was just listening to a whole bunch of Amy Winehouse and, like, uh, she's like the queen of making a, a breakup song. Um, so I feel like whatever like, I, I feed my brain with, it'll start to form form new topics of music. Yeah. Has this uh, period of time, like with COVID and being, you know, kind of stuck in your house, has it been like a good time for that? Or has it been something where you've, I mean, it kind of, I guess, forces you to confront your anxieties and feelings and emotions and has that been positive oh, and conducive to what you're trying to create? Oh, yeah. I, I've definitely just been, towards the beginning of when it started to happen, I was thinking a whole lot, a whole lot about, like, death and, and what that is. Just, like, mm. thought about the amount of people just that are going to die, like, and, like just definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just thought a lot about that, a, a whole lot. Uh, my <laughs> meditation hours just went, like, all the way up. Just That's because heavy, though, what, man. Yeah, it wasn't much to do except for, like, that music. I wasn't mm. trying to just, like, um, I don't know. When, when it first started happening, I, I wanted to think about things more because I was like, I feel like everything happens for a reason, and this is, like, definitely happening. Like, I wonder what, what it means. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, it, it It's helped a lot with that way of thinking. Like, I haven't really had much uh, heartbreak stuff to worry about, so I have I definitely have to find like a new topic to, to write about. And just this happening had fueled those types of thoughts. Like just, you know, thoughts of mortality, thoughts of uh, what, like it, what it even, like what it even means to be out here. Why we're even trying. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I man. think the first, yeah, the first like song that I'm about to release from this like new project um, the whole thing is just about like why we're even trying and that like, coming to the conclusions like you think in your head, but it's like at the end of the day, like you, you don't even know why, like you, you start to think we understand why, but it's like, wait, we don't really know why at all. Mm. We think we know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's crazy. I think, um, that's important, you know, like asking those questions, like the existential questions about life and understanding. And once again, it's something that's super relatable to everyone. You know, it's like those are the emotions and the feelings that people right now during this period of time are, you know, whether or not they like it are being faced with, yeah. you know. And, you know, there's a certain sense of like beauty and also a certain sense of like fear with that, you know, because for some people it might be too much. And, you know. Truly. Like suicide rates and drug abuse and alcohol and like all these things are rising because people are put into a position where they have to face their demons. And for some people, it's uncomfortable. Truly. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think 
um, yeah, not same though. <laughs> I, I I feel like everybody just needs more time to to meditate. I guess I, I've been reading the. Have you been reading the or have you been into the conspiracies at all as of late? Like the conspiracy shit has gone through the roof as well. Yeah, like um, I'll keep going down all types of uh, like QAnon videos and shit like that, mm-hmm. and that that also. I don't know. That's also because I feel like at this time, uh, a lot of shit is just being broken down for like what it actually is. And Mm. a lot of shit that's like in front of our face just seems like fake. It's kind of hard to live in like a fake world for me. That's like one of the main things that I've been like struggling with um, since this thing like started happening. Because like as like every system starts like being put in front of people's faces stuff just kind of feels weirdly like like constructed i don't know mm. like the, i feel like the mindsets of everybody at this time like are being forced to be challenged in some way like whatever you believe in in any way shape or form it's like you're thinking about it more <laughs> i guess yeah and then like the more i think about everything that i believe in I'm, i'd be like why why do I even believe in this stuff? But um, but yeah, it, it's it's a weird time. I, I don't know what to think about it. Sure. As uh, <laughs> I guess you know, um, like the Black Lives Matter movement, all that. How has that affected you? I mean, as a black artist and as someone who is part of the music scene and as someone who, you know, is seeing that, is that the same mentality of like stuff you believe in? Is it tie into what you were saying earlier about like you know just everyone being faced with stuff that they now everything's becoming real and you know kind of like dissected and all the you know like sugar coating and stuff is out and we're getting like the realness of it all or what are your emotions about that yeah i uh i don't know when it first started happening like i remember when the the ahmaud aubrey situation happened mm. and I, I like i was just seeing it on social media like how everybody like blew up about it and i was like wow everybody is at home right now. And it's like, all you can do kind of right now is just be on social media and see what is happening mm-hmm. on the, like on the news and in the world. Like, like social media has kind of become like the new news because I feel like I haven't, I don't know. I'm not going to watch the news. It feels too, like, I don't know if it's like a corporation instead of like a news outlet on TV. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, when it first started happening, I remember seeing that and thinking like, yo, this type of thing just, I feel like happens. That was like an annoying thing to think. I was like, Mm -hmm. like it's going to happen again within the months. And then like the George Floyd situation happened. And I was like, wow, it happened again, but like way worse. And it's probably like happening way worse without social media. That whole, the whole thing made me think a whole lot. And like being like a black artist where I'm at right now, I feel like I don't, I don't know it's it's annoying feeling like you have no uh control over anything at all just as a person um I remember just wanting to make art about it but like not knowing how because of the, the severity of like the issues mm-hmm. going on um uh, it's impacted me in a way where I just definitely want to be a part of the movement more I remember being not very politically involved at all, like all through high school and just kind of not caring about the, the state of the world as it wasn't, you know, affecting me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was being affected by like anything really just because I was, you know, just chilling at home, hadn't really like experienced life at all. But growing up know, in Texas, you didn't face any sort of like discrimination or racism? Oh, oh, definitely. But it's like more of a, it's like a, a, a weird different type of like, racism because it's like almost like a like a mentality thing mm, like you, you you mentally know that a lot of especially coming like from a small town where i was at like when my first growing up it's like i know there's a lot of people here that are racist and a lot of people here that like don't you know agree with probably like their daughters having sex with like black men or like their daughters being in relationships with like like brown people mm-hmm. at all it's like it, it could be very discriminatory in some places where I was at. Yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like, um, it, 
I never felt like threatened because I, I was grown up in the 2000s and stuff. I feel like white people just weren't bold enough to do any crazy shit at that time. But um, but like it, it, it is like a, like a mental fuck thinking about it. Like I was always aware of it from like a kid being mm. to being an adult, like just being aware of racism and what it was. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like the, like the diversity in my family, especially kind of just shielded me from a lot of, um, like just, I don't know, dummy shit that was happening in the world. Like I just have a big, you know, mixed, mixed race family. So I was always just chilling with them, not really having to deal with Southern racism too much. Um, mm. uh, any, Anybody saying racist shit just kind of got, I don't know, a middle finger. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, it is, it, it was just more of like an annoying thing. Like, wow, my next door neighbors might be racist, <laughs> might just be a little bit discriminatory towards African Americans. Yeah. That's heavy though, man. Yeah. It's almost like you're saying it's just a part of, like, it is what it is. Yeah. It, it it, it was. And I mean, it's mostly just because, like, the way some of the people, like, raised it. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't, like, horribly, like, racist. I wasn't getting called the N-word a lot or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, but, it, but it was, like, a, a mental thing. Like, I know that, you know, this person's dad might not like, like, this person's older brother might not like or definitely doesn't like um, black people. Like, <laughs> people would just come up to me like, yeah, my brother is racist. My dad is racist type shit. And I'll be like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Texas. Okay. <laughs> like, That's crazy. It's kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. it become something where, I guess, you know, as these, you know, the movement started progressing, became super, you know, empowering to an extent, did it become something almost like, I don't know, more people reaching out and being like, hey, man, you like, we're going to support you and we're here to like do that. Did that oh, yeah. ever become like, was it cool or did it become annoying where you're like, I'm still just like making music and stuff. You don't need to treat me super special for like a week because it makes you feel better, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, there was definitely a lot of people that uh, posted like, hey, here's some like black artists you should check out and stuff like that. I, it felt it felt good. Like I was like, hey, like, they're just posting my stuff up. I need as much as that as I can get. I need that money. I'm making this art. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, I, I didn't really like, I didn't question their motives too much. Like somebody's like headspace where they're at, if they think they're doing something good for like anything, I think it should be treated as like, I mean, unless they are actually doing something bad. But like, uh, yeah, I was just like, hey, heck yeah, <laughs> post my music, repost yeah. it, cool, because <laughs> because I, yeah, I mean, I'll take as much support as I can get for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely cool getting like reach outs, like um, homie Shaka with um. Riders Against the Storm, he like hit me up recently to to do that um, Black Everything Matters thing. That was like one of the live streams I did for the for the cause. That was really cool. And just uh, being involved in like anything like that, like donation type stuff, mm-hmm. I always wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. How does uh, definitely? Oh, uh, I, I was just say definitely super like super empowering when it came to like everything going on. Though. Like I remember just going to the first protest and feeling that energy. I just mm. hit my chest like, wow, everybody here is just definitely feeling something. <laughs> like I, I could like feel it in the air. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I mean, your music is, you know, based on emotions and the feelings and stuff. Is that feeling that you felt during that, you know, initial march or whatever, is that something that you want to, I don't know, is that emotion something you want to carry into your music and maybe write a song about or is like, political kind of stuff something you don't necessarily want to put into your music because you know for any number of reasons it could be you know time stamping your work or you know people could perceive it in a negative way is that something you thought about i actually started started writing a song about that when i came from the march i wanted to because i definitely don't want my music to be time stamps that's just uh i wanted to carry i can be like resonant to like a whole whole thing like the, the song that i started writing was called freedom comes like the, just the idea of it was just like freedom comes and freedom goes they want you to know want to show you who's really in control i like, can't let them police your soul gotta mm-hmm. unite and we'll grow we'll be all right this i know uh, uh like it, it's just 
trying to be empowering. Like I, I know that like sometimes I'll be free and I don't feel free anyways. Um, and I don't know, I feel like freedom is kind of in your mind when it comes to um, a feel like what it actually is. Like, like Nina Simone has like a quote, like to, to be free, like free, freedom for her is just like having no fear at all. Mm. And like, uh, uh, that's it, it, like, that is, I guess what I feel like freedom is to me as well. Like sometimes I'm very scared for like anything. I don't feel very, very free in my mind when it comes to that. Um, I guess when it came to like writing about it, I wanted to, to make it like, like a universal concept of like freedom, not just uh, uh, freedom from like police brutality or anything like that. Like, I don't know, like true, true freedom. What, like what, what we are supposed to be fighting for, I think, you know, sure. uh, for, for a whole nation, just not to be scared of anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I do, you know, find really, really cool about your writing and your song structure is that it is very poetic in a way. Um, what I think is really interesting is that in the beginning of the interview, you mentioned how your uncle was like, you know, lyrics are super important. And you're like, you know, melody is super rad. And you guys are <laughs> kind of having this debate. And then, you know, when I heard that, I was like, well, that's crazy. I would have never imagined because I feel like your songs are very poetic in the way that they're structured. And I would almost get this I idea if I, you know, didn't, wasn't interviewing her right now, if I didn't know anything about the way you come up with songs, I would think that your main foundation of songwriting is, you know, the poetic aspect of it and the way that you write songs. Um, I guess going back to that, you know, the young version of you arguing with your uncle, is that still something you hold on to? Or do you feel like, you know, song structure and lyricism and stuff is, you know, has a little bit more weight now that you are writing more songs and stuff? Uh, I think it definitely came with like more people like hitting me up, like, yo, like, like telling me what the song meant to them, like as opposed to like just, because I remember when I, like, especially my old SoundCloud stuff, it's very, very, like, uh, super, like, personal to myself. Like, I would listen to it and I wouldn't really expect, like, somebody else to, like, hear that and really jam it or something. Because um, I guess it just didn't seem, like, vague enough. And, um, like, me coming from, like a, like, a place where I'm always, like, writing from my point of view on, like, what I think about, like, anything, uh, I would always just, like, hear the music and like write about what I feel and like what I'm you know going through in my mind um I'd say it hasn't changed as like the way I like view music because at the end of the day like I I, I kind of want to be like remembered more as a musician than a um than a songwriter a, a little bit like I, I want to be very like I, I want to up my skills like on my guitar and keyboard like as much as I can and I, I'd like to be like featured in you know like any random person's like album you know um, but when it comes to the lyrics now, I really do, I, I guess I try to make them more, less, less personal and like a all encapsulating like personal, personal kind of way. I, I, I do kind of make it, try to make it to where like somebody else will hear this and they'll like understand what I was going through. And like in that understanding, somebody might be able to like relate to it as well in, in whatever they're going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Cause like I was like writing a lot of stuff, just talking about you know, I don't know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I definitely do think about lyrics more. I remember talking to my uncle like recently about this, not super recently, but we had the discussion like many times, like whether or not like lyrics matter, and uh, I think they definitely do if you're trying to like get somebody to like feel something that isn't just like. Like, oh, damn, that sounded crazy. Like, if you're trying to get somebody to, like, cry or something, <laughs> like, if, or, like, feel what you were actually, like, feeling. Like, I, I always try to, like, get the lyrics across. Mm. Just in the uh, in the most, like, personal, non-personal type of way. Like, I, I want, you know, I, I want to make sure, like, in all of my music, like, in the future, like, and with, like, Fuck Me Up, that, like, people really, like, understand the emotions, I guess or try to get people to sure. more than just like hear me cry about, you know, my breakup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting how, I don't know. I think there's a, 
you know, a good number of people that listen to his songs just for the melody and just for the beat or whatever to dance to it. And they have no idea what the lyrics are, which, you know, is a large group of people. And a lot of the music yeah. that's on the radio, pop music, whatever popular music that they can market and, you know, these artists make a ton of money. It's like if someone can listen to that song 50 times, they have no idea what any of the lyrics are. Um, Truly, yeah. You ever feel like what you are creating is something that's a little bit more... I don't know. Do you ever feel like you might be put in a position where you need to make your music like marketable or whatever? And these people, whether it's like record executives or whatever, come to you and they're like, hey, you know, you need to make it this way and that way. Is that something that you would ever be open to? Or do you feel like that in itself is a, you know, like taking away from you as an artist and taking away your creativity? Yeah, that actually kind of happened like recently with like a, a song sync program that I was in. They like, uh, it's like making songs to like to sync up with a, a commercial or like movie or TV mm. show, like anything like synced into like a, like visuals. Um, and they were just saying that in general, like if you're making a song for a sync, it just has to be kind of like happier on the poppier like side. Mm. Uh, more like, I don't know, like if you ever just hear a song on a commercial, it's not really going to be like melancholy or anything. Yeah, like upbeat. Uh, and... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, th- that was something that I actually did really, really struggle with because I-, I can write like for other people's voices, and I can write for like um, you know, a- a- any type of beat probably. But when it comes to like singing on something, I'm like super like personal about that, just because like it's my voice, and like I really uh don't like to be disingenuous with music at all, because I like really. I don't know, I feel like I have this like relationship with music where I just have to be com- like completely genuine with it or else it's just not going to work, you know? Um, that was, it was interesting for sure. I, I don't think I'd be able to do it like on a, like a label. If there was like a label like, yo, you got to make something like easily digestible for like the, the mainstream audience. I could definitely do it, but I would not want to do that at all because it's just, it takes like away my spark. I feel like, I feel like I don't have like a, um, a very pop headspace. I'm like not really ever trying to make something that is popular, like make something for the sake of it being popular. It's always coming from like a, a space like, do I think this like deserves to be on my album or on Spotify? Like, do I think like enough emotion and enough like heart went into this song to like release it to the public and have it be something they like cherish? Because, um, I don't know. I definitely always want to make something that like won't be on the radio just for like a, some months and then fall off the charts. You know, people forget about it. I'm like trying to be one of those musicians that are like making making music that you know people will come back to like two years later and be like, "Damn, I forgot how like hard this album went." Like I, you know, mm. um, and yeah, I, I've had like I, I talked with my manager for a bit, or not a bit, but like went through a couple texts about that sound sync thing. And he was like, yo, you gotta like, this is kind of your career now. Like, you gotta like, be open to doing stuff like this a little bit. He, he definitely understood where I was coming from, though, I feel like. But um, yeah, I, I genuinely couldn't like sing on like a poppy song. It was very, it, it felt way too like fake. Uh, I hate being, being fake when it comes to, to art, like yeah. especially, because it's like, that's just not what it's for, you know? Sure. Yeah. What are, uh, I guess, your plans as far as, like, your music is concerned? Is it something where you want to, I don't know, you're working on another album right now. Is it something where you want to, you know, continue to do music? Are you currently, like, working another job to support making music? Or is this currently what you're doing full-time? Right now, I just moved into this house in Austin, so I definitely got to get a job to, like, do, like, a little part-time action. I'm, like, a little... I'm making a bit of money from music, but it's like part-time job money. So I'm not like on like a big, uh, big platform to be just like doing this 100% yet. Uh, but I definitely like it to be my, like, especially when COVID hopefully ends soon, we can start touring again. I feel like once I start getting out on the road and stuff, that could probably be something that I, uh, can like support myself with a little bit more. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as far as my plans for music go, I just want to keep, try to keep uh doing it and playing for people it's like if i if i keep it up if i keep the consistency like enough people will will notice like yo 
he consistent with it. He, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure, man. Cool. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm definitely listening, man. I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess, uh, I don't know. Do you have any advice for people? Not necessarily like wanting to become into music. I think for you, the biggest advice that I feel like would be resonant with people that are listening is just keeping that authenticity, no matter what you do, no matter how much, you know, success or praise you may be getting, you know, it's like you still stay true to who you are as an artist. And I don't know what are, what's your advice for that and for just keeping a clear head during all this. Yeah. Like whatever, like, you're doing like whatever anybody's doing like it was just not like i mean I, people always gonna do stuff they don't want to do but like if you're just living life and at a constant somebody's telling you like what you can and can't do especially if it comes to like your art or something you're trying to build like yourself don't do that <laughs> at all like just uh, like if you're making something that that you believe in that uh like you have your headspace like wrapped up and like, like with me and my music, like it's something I have like a relationship with that I'm, you know, it's like a part, like I definitely just would not be alive when it came, like if it, if it wasn't there, you know? Mm. So if it's something like that, uh, keep like respect it, like respect that. Like if it's something that you like live for, like, uh, I don't know, I, I treat music like, like I live for it, you know, it's like I, I'm alive because of you. I'm gonna keep doing, <laughs> doing this with you, you know? as genuine as I can and I never let anybody like put anything in front of your face that like messes up your, your viewpoint of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Hey, you know what? Thank you once again for sitting down with me. How, uh, how can people find you, connect with you, listen to your music, all that good stuff. Um, if, uh, like looking up Clarence James on, on any, uh, social media platform. I know my my Instagram is Clarence James, but both the A's are like underscores in the name. Mm. Um, my Twitter is at Laughing and Shit. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, yeah, just Clarence James anywhere it should it should pop up hopefully. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, man. And we're gonna look out yeah. for the new album coming out later. But your uh, most recent album, Fucked Me Up, is out yeah. right now, right? Yes, sir. All right. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks again. I appreciate it. Big, big time. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, man. Uh, Yeah, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Double Life. If you want to follow Clarence James, you can follow him on social media at Clarence James, just underscores for the A's. And you can follow us at The Double Life Pod. You can also head to thedoubleipod.com for more information. We appreciate you. And uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. Adios.